holding pocket. It's time now for the chipping forecast issued by Folding Pocket on behalf of Andrew Cotter, Eddie Pepperell, and special guest Ian Carter. So hello there and welcome to the Chipping Forecast. Uh, We haven't thought of a name for a shorter Chipping Forecast. We had the cutlets for the cuts, but here we are doing a shorter version because it's Wednesday to open here, the seagulls overhead, because we're standing right beside the short game area, the pro's short game area, and their little clubhouse at uh, Hoylake. And Ian Carter, hello. A portion of chips. How's that? I can't get to my... I can't get to my cricket sound effect quickly enough. Yeah, but it's good to do the chipping forecast next to the chipping area. It, um, it is. And that's been a really fascinating aspect of this week. I don't know if you found it, because we've both been working out of the, the media centre, and very often media centres are tucked away, as far away from the players as possible. Yeah, far away um, from everything. But, yeah, but actually, this is right next to where the players are, are, are practising their chipping. And it's just brilliant. And the... It's it's the sound of the chips that yeah. I just love because it's so completely different to anything I hear on a Saturday morning, and I, I, it's something that I just absolutely adore about going to practice areas. Yeah. And you hear that click, which is unique to the top players in the world. And the sound of it coming out of the bunker. I was here just beside this. We're beside a very deep bunker. I mean, most of the bunkers here are deep, but this is a very deep bunker beside in the short game area. And Podrick Harrington was in there for about two hours yesterday. We can see just now the beautifully revetted face that was covered with sand. He had just sandblasted the whole bunker and greenkeepers were shaking their heads in dismay. <laughs> but he was in there for ages. So then Thomas Peters, who had had an equally long short game session, came over and they had a little contest. Six flags and it was uh, nearest to the, the pin on each one. And who would your money be on? Oh, Harrington every day. Of the well, week. it would be. Thomas Peters holed two of his first three and they were giving themselves really, really difficult eyes. So one leg out the bunker, right up against the face. Thomas Peters holed two of them. Podrick came back, I think, to square it on the last pin. But, uh, oh, that's good knowledge. That's good knowledge. This is unmistakably open championship though, isn't it, Andrew? You know, the, the yellow flags on those six flags that you describe on the practice putting green that we're, we're looking at very, in our foreground, but in the background, the huge grandstand that is going to encircle the 18th green, which honestly, I just think I've done some socials on, on that they're pumping out on the BBC Sport website about certain keyholes, but I just think that that is just going to be an amazing scene. I think it's almost the best one because they're able to put the horseshoe grandstand around. They did it at Port Rush as well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. But it's a par five finish which I think brings its own levels of drama as well. Yeah. I just can't wait for now, it to I know we're eulogising it about it a little bit, but it's those, those yellow scoreboards, leaderboards, mm. uh, against a, quite a dark sky at the moment, although today, later on today, it's supposed to be beautiful, and it's windier today as well. So all the rain that fell yesterday, this is a godsend because it's going to dry things out a little bit today. And the forecast, again, for the rest of the championship is pretty good. You know they were intending to, or they were thinking about changing those leaderboard scoreboards a couple of years ago to oh, yeah. digitised ones and I mean they said no no that's that's the iconic look of the open those yellow big yellow things with the, the numbers and names that are a bit like the masters yeah and that, so, the huge scoreboards that they have at, mm. at Augusta as well where they're 
not done digitally they're done manually and the drama of those numbers changing i remember my first open championship 1982 your old stamp stomping ground yeah. of of royal troon and being in the grandstand when for all, we were convinced nick price was going to win that mm. open and then suddenly he, he you'll you'll know the exact holes that he he dropped them i'd had half a shandy at that point i was 17 um, so i can't remember the exact detail Nothing but, on the edge <laughs> the way that the, the 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 numbers just changed and just trying to keep tabs on what was going on it's the most dramatic way in many respects apart from obviously listening on the radio live yeah no i'm sorry or watching the highlights on the bbc that's the most dramatic way i think to watch the highlights eight o'clock to ten o'clock every evening oh that's what they were talking about when i was listening on the radio Uh, so um yeah we're here beside the media center beside we're also beside that as i said the players clubhouse so players are look there's adrian maronk's caddy um, anyway, so that's that's the exciting news. There's Adrian Moronk's caddy. What do you think so, of the Callaway bag, by the way? There's there's one going by there. It's got an. Ex- it looks like. So it's uh, flower power. It's something yeah. to do with the Beatles, isn't it? The Callaway bag. I think. Yeah. I think it's sort of yellow bright, submarine. Bright yellow for tailor made. I noticed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that going on because uh, like again, in case you didn't know, sort of turning up. <laughs> the Beatles were from Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> we've been told again. This week, so um, I'm, I'm the former U.S. Open champion. There, there's a former U.S. Open champion. Yeah. So we're standing here chatting, that's and Patrick making know, his way exactly. into the players' area, very <laughs> purposefully, <laughs> very purposefully. Okay, so we that sort of look to say, I can see you're talking, I but I'm not talking, joining you. But there's no way on earth I'm joining you. So the we're here, almost sort of. We're going to try, perhaps, to shout across. Like Dan, uh, Alan Partridge shouting to Dan across the car park <laughs> to get him to come over. But they're yeah. players. But the trouble is, this is, as you said, this is, as Eddie said, mm. uh, you know, last week, yeah. this is, this is their biggest week of the year or yeah. one of four biggest weeks of the year. They're, they're working. Yeah. They don't really want to be bothered by too many. What they want to do is to do their big preview interview in the media center, get it all done there and then move on. But, and, Again, we have eulogized about Rory McIlroy, and my goodness, we did for the Scottish Open. And generally speaking, as a person, wonderful. But again, he said, I'm not going to do my big press conference. And I, I think that's such a shame. I think it's really poor. I mean, I understood it at the, at the US Open. He didn't do one there. It was off the back of doing a really very, I think, potentially draining and difficult uh, news conference uh, in the Canadian Open the week before in the wake of the June the 6th merger and announcement that's not a merger but is a coming together. But now not to do it at the Open Championship as a UK player, uh, having won your one Open Championship at this golf course and having just won the Scottish Open the week before, I just think it's... I mean, it doesn't matter what it what it means to the media. There, we're we're mere conduits. But I think it's, I think it's disrespectful to the golfing audience in in many respects, the global golfing audience. And you know, I know that he just doesn't want to get tied down into conversation about not having won a major for nine years. What's going to happen as far as Liv's concerned and all of that. But honestly, he's a a a. a a proven pre- media operator. If he can't come up with a form of words that just deals with those issues, puts them into the background, and at least fulfills his obligation, then I think it's a poor show. Yeah, sorry about the helicopter noise. There's a helicopter which is least di- one, isn't it? directly over the club, just circling around. So, a um, little bit of sound interference, but it's a police helicopter coming down to 
arrest us for terrible podcastery. So, again, and Matt Fitzpatrick walking by, I was very interested to hear what he said, and he might have said in a bit of an offhand man, a bit of a, a, a jokey way, but he was saying, what advice have you given to your brother Alex in his first major, after all your majors? And he says, just focus on your thing. Don't tire yourself out on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Don't play too many practice rounds, but, and, and, and don't do media stuff concentrate on that and I thought you know and again we're not overly sensitive in the media you know it's not it's not a thing that oh we deserve to be spoken to at all it's It's part of the job it's part of the job it's part of the deal he's a he's a professional golfer and here he is and I know we wanted to talk to him on on five live and I think it's a real shame that he that he didn't. So he didn't. So sorry. So he took Matt's advice. So he didn't. No, as far as I know, I don't think he's done anything. And you know, and you see, this is the thing that the players have all the power, and what the players say, the, the it, it goes. And I understand that. That that makes sense. But I do think, yeah, without wanting to sort of put a dampener on on the eve of the Open, so to speak. It, it, I just thought it was a real shame. You know, Rory McIlroy has a position in the game where he should talk to the m- as many people as he possibly can. And the way to do that is to just spend half an hour in the media tent ahead of a major. Tiger Woods did it. Well, Never, that's what I was ever, about to say. ever missed one. So McIlroy pre- idolised Tiger Woods yeah. and everything that he did and followed him. And, and, and Tiger Woods, sometimes he would stonewall things and wouldn't give you too much. But he never missed a preview press conference. And he always fronted up after a round as well, Tiger Woods. So it's not... It, uh, it's. I, but what I, I, I think the problem with Rory is that if he got in there, then because he is engaging and he does think and he does want to give truthful answers, then perhaps he thinks I just, I, I, I can't be bothered going into all that again because he knows the way the questions are going to be going. But, but not, not you have to. You don't have to as a player, so he can get out of it. But you kind of have to as it's part of the deal of being a professional sports person. But to me, because I think he does enjoy talking to the media, he does enjoy getting his opinions out there. To me, this shows how wrapped up he is in Project Major. Yeah. Yeah, he's trying to do everything he can mm. to to end yeah. this this nine-year barren run and if he th- he you know he, he played well at LACC he didn't do the media he kept a low profile he kept a low profile in Scotland he won there so it's working for him on the golf course and that ultimately is what's yeah. most important I, to him. I think as you say it just shows how much he uh, he's he's churning inside to win a major because it, as it goes yeah. on I mean 2014 this wasn't the last one he won you know, because he won the USPGA just after that. But that's nine years now, and that's astonishing. For that. And everyone says, oh, he'll win another one. Uh, you know, that's, that's not a given at all, because there are so many good players. They, they, I mean, one of whom is John Ram. And yeah. fascinatingly, you know, and it genuinely was fascinating listening to him in his, in his preview press conference, because it was all manner of subjects. It wasn't just about the Open Championship. It was on everything that's happening in golf, and sometimes beyond <laughs> golf as well and John Ram was just a joy to listen to uh, as he spoke again in a second language he spoke with such erudition and articulation it was just it was I I, I really enjoyed listening and you had a chance to, to get a couple of questions to him afterwards yeah I did and uh, and he was uh, it was funny I we go through into a little side room where you can get those little extra interviews it was made very clear you've got two questions yeah so you think well make them good don't say how are you when they're walking <laughs> exactly. one That's one, one like down. a genie with yeah. a wishes I just just going back to his news conference because walking into that room I'm just thinking his answers in there were so good and we'll be playing them on, on the radio talking about just, you know, it was put to him, well, you turned down hundreds of millions yeah. to, 
to to go to live. Yeah. So surely you need compensation. And he but, said, hey, yeah. no, 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 no one forced me into into my decision. It was just a a very selfless yeah. kind of answer that was in stark contrast. And I'm not going to out people here or anything like that, but in stark contrast to the general money grabbing theme to men's professional golf I'm right entitled now. to something for my loyalty to the PGA Tour well exactly. that was a decision you made yeah. I love that answer from it, was him. it really was fantastic so. but, uh, but the thing that struck me and obviously we've been talking about the Wimbledon winner by the name of oh sorry Carlos Alcaraz yeah, well, and I'll go with it. And I was trying desperately to say it that way to uh, John Rahm because I wanted to show an empathy for the Spanish language and had my l- linguistics with Andrew Cotter beforehand. So I tried to sort of say it that way. But either way, we just got on to the topic in the two uh, questions that I had of him trying to follow on from Alcaraz and his victory at Wimbledon and making it a Spanish double in consecutive weekends. Well, I think I've done my fair share to to keep that wave going this year, but it'll be it'll be incredible to jump on it again. Yeah, what Carlos did was absolutely incredible. What he's done already and what he keeps doing. So, my hats off to to his performance to to compete against the. You know, I'm gonna say it as as hard as it might be to say, compete against the the greatest tennis player of all time and and beat him the way he did after losing the first set the way he did is it's incredible. Going that fifth set and. We know how good Djokovic is in those fifth sets. I know he is as well, but with the experience he's had, um, it was it was quite special. So hopefully I can keep doing what we've been doing this year and I can be the next one on that wave. And that would mean an awful lot to you because obviously you've shown us there your appreciation of general sporting mm-hmm. kind of history. But I know golf history is massive for you and for Spain, the Open Championship, mm-hmm. the northwest of England. You know, it's a, it's a special place, isn't it? It is, you know. It, I've been able, I've been fortunate enough to put myself in situations to win two majors now and in Tai right? And, and to surpass him would be absolutely incredible. Uh, and to be the first in Sevi to win the Open, even more. Right? It's it's really hard to explain. Right? What goes through our heads? Uh, grew up watching all those guys play, and to be able to join him would be absolutely so special. Thank you. Very Thank much. you. There you go, John Ram, and that's a man who knows his uh, knows his history as well. Where is so, it? As soon as I turned the microphone off, by the way, he said it would just help if we were at Lytham, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. So you know, and you look at John Ram, and you listen to John Ram, and there's a man who went over to college in the states, and he is he's he's quite American sounding, and he's had that education, but he is very very Spanish at heart, and you get you see it in the Ryder Cup. But when when you listen to him talk about Spain and what it would mean, and you know, following the likes of Seve, of course, at the top, but Jose Maria Lozabal and, uh, and Garcia, who, but neither of whom I always thought they were going to win an Open Championship. And uh, neither of them were quite able to do it. But, um, but Seve is still the, the inspiration for so many European golfers and obviously Spanish golfers. And, yeah, yeah again, his form... Start of the year and the Masters, everything around there was great. And it's just... He hasn't played nearly as much, didn't play at the Scottish Open, so... Yeah. I, I wonder. I think he might be quite well rested um, and and ready to go in this one. Yeah, if he if he's if he's match sharp, mm. uh, this break has probably come at a good time because he was in he was in great form uh, for the first part of the year, and it's just sort of tapered off since winning the Masters. But it's not unheard of to win the Masters and the Open in the same year, and it did happen in the northwest of England, didn't it? Nineteen ninety eight, Marco Mira. Won the Masters. Marco Mira. And then won, uh, then won uh, Royal Birkdale. Yeah. Brian Watts. Yes, in Brian the playoffs. Brian Watts. I mean, 
extraordinary. I wonder if there'll be someone like that, a story that comes through. And sometimes there is, sometimes there's a first round leader that comes through and it's someone that you go, whoa, hang on a minute. But Brian Watts getting all the way into the... Amazing. Those, those kind of random, you don't seem to get those, those sort of random figures quite so much. No. You know, the Ben Curtis, Todd Hamilton years ben as well. Curtis. Who but will you know. follow um, Cam Smith though? And Cam Smith, now there's an interesting one because Cam Smith, you know, he now is all about the majors really. Mm. Take the money from Liv, but he knows that's not. That's not. Most of them know that's not the the competitive golf that gets their juices flowing. It's when they come back here. So coming back and having to hand over the claret jug. But here's another one who was speaking uh, yesterday. I think you had a chat with them afterwards as well. Yeah, I did. I, again, I was in, I was impressed with him as well. I thought he handled uh, you know what could have been a, a bit of an awkward one, given that he was a. a, a he is a, a, a live player, but he is, he's so down to earth. And, and one of my favorite Cam Smith stories is my, my son back in 2018 worked on the range at Carnoustie. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I said, well, who was your favorite player at the end of the week? And he said, the nicest guy on the range was Cam Smith. So he's always had a soft spot for, uh, the Aussie. Um, but it was, it was great to get, to get a, a, a quick chat with him. Um, I did ask him about the cricket. You'll hear that as well. But yeah, he's tuning up nicely, uh, ahead of the open and he's, he's, he's full of confidence. I'm a major championship winner. I don't know how many people can really say that. That's, it's pretty cool to have next to your name and, um, you know, no one can ever take that off you. So, um, yeah, I feel like I'm, you know, like I said to you before, I feel like I'm a better golfer than, than what I was 12 months ago and hopefully I can go out there and, and show the world that I, you know, I can still win major championships. And a final thought: you're 30 miles from Old Trafford, and there's a <laughs> bit of a cricket match going on um, while you're while you're going to be playing. How much uh, attention will you give that? You know, as much as I can. Um, I've I've been trying to watch it as much as I can. I guess the whole series. Um, but I don't know how much time we're actually going to have to watch. It'd be awesome to go out there and, and have a look, but I don't think there's going to be any time for that either. I just want, um, you know. the cut. Yeah, I, well, I, I don't want to say that, but, um, yeah, it'll. I'm sure it'll be a great week. The, the first three matches have been cracking matches, and, you know, hopefully Australia can get it done, obviously. I'm not, I don't know what to wish you. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Andrew, I, I just suddenly thought I'm just about to wish someone good luck yeah. for, for Australia in the ashes. I couldn't do it. You know, that was very much like somebody who, uh, when you're saying goodbye to someone and you've had a good conversation with them and it's all gone swimmingly and you just mess it up at the final and you say, well, like at the end of a job interview, you say, thank you and good night. Or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Oh, oh. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, Mum. So, yes. But, well, there you go. You brought tennis into John Ram's conversation and you brought uh, cricket into Campsworth. There we go. This is where the Open Championship comes along in the middle of uh, a sporting summer where it's all happening in all sports and golf has to really shout to be heard. But I think the Open Championship certainly does that. But, you know, whatever has happened with, with, I don't I don't, kind of don't hold anything against Cam Smith. He, he He always comes across so well. Yeah, uh, and I mean, he signed for what a hundred million dollars yeah. for, for Live, so you're entitled to. No, go. but that, but that can change people as well. That you know, that, I don't think that, much will change but, Cam Smith. But he just seems exactly the same, and I mean, that, and I, I, we were talking about it in the past pod, wasn't weren't we? About just the the mullet, it just gets it just gets more, more and more luscious. Yeah. I've got two obsessions in life at the moment with golf, and one is John Rahm's beard, and the other is is Cam Smith's mullet. 
It's a it's a thing of absolute beauty. Uh, Cam Smith's luscious mullet. Um, well, that leads us nicely into <laughs> good name for a good name for, for a, a band. band, indie band. My indie band called Cam Smith's luscious mullet. So on hair chat, let's do hair chat because you have. Why, why did you come to the open needing a? Because oh, you're working so hard at the moment, you haven't got time for a haircut. Yeah. So you come here, you go to find a, a local barber. Do they still call them yeah. barbers? Yes, they do. And I thought, I thought it was on Monday, and the first one I went to uh, was shut. I just walked down Hoylake High Street looking for a barber's, mm. and it was shut. And then I looked across the road at Big Al's Barbers. And you thought that's a barber's? That's a barber's. But the but Big Al, who was is a like a, a cardboard cutout or wooden cutout of a of a jolly barber was in the porch area so no, i thought scott have been thought, a person called al well i don't know but the but it it was i thought no that's shut as well i thought oh, i'm just gonna have to have horrible hair for the for the rest of the week so anyway i i, I wandered over and the door was open and two two lovely uh lovely women there very highly skilled technicians. Sadly, I didn't get their names, but <laughs> very um, highly skilled technicians. They were hair technicians. Hair technicians. Um, and did they sit you down and go? It was lovely. It was great. I had a really good chat. Not much I can do with this. I'm afraid. Had a good chat, a good haircut. What do you think? I think it's very it's neat. Right. Yeah, it's very you. neat. So, and um, yeah, and this brings us on to the local hero, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's hear from uh, the man who's going to be hitting the first tee shot in club member. Came through qualifying, Matt Jordan. My dad was a member here. My granddaughter was a member here. So I was hitting balls when I was three years old out on the chipping green and then I was a member when I was seven uh, so that was kind of the start of it and how much it means I mean I know all the members here I know all the Colts who I kind of grew up playing golf with that was obviously a big part of my life and my childhood and my enjoyment of, of the game so I know all of them and it's just yeah I just kind of know the whole club inside it's, it's like a second home isn't it you know whenever I'm back here I'm practicing um, so it's uh it's of course it's just been a huge part and there's there's just so many different parts to it and why it's been special to me and the local area as well if i say big al's barbers to you you know all about that place don't you yeah i do that's my kind of local hairdressers that i will uh i will turn up probably the day before i have a stretch so uh so it doesn't get too long uh so yeah that's where i get my haircut done well, it's where I get my haircut done now. I mean, they're very proud of you in there. We got we got chatting, and they were saying, "Oh, well, that Matthew, he comes in here." Yeah, they're uh, no, they're always asking me like where I am next, and um, yeah, we have a good talk about you know where they've been, where I've been, and uh, yeah, I've been there so many times, I know who I am, and. Um, They'll just ask me relevant questions on, on my career and how it's going so far. Well, I told them to stick five live on the uh, on, on the radio <laughs> in in the barber shop for the uh, for the remainder of the week. But uh, and so they'll be able to follow your progress. But just give us an idea: how much will your local knowledge be an advantage here this week? I think so. I mean, I don't think it's too quirky of a golf golf course. I think it's a good golf course. I think it's fairly obvious if you play it enough times what you should and shouldn't be doing. So I don't think there's any like real tricks to it personally, but of course I know like the little nuances with it in terms of if the wind switches. I you know I've played every hole in every single wind. I've, yeah. I kind of know every angle into every green and, and every bunker kind of thing. So there is obviously that bit extra that I know. Um, so I will you know I will use that, but I will also just play the course how I know it. You know I'm not going to as I say dictate uh, or let the the occasion dictate you know what exactly I do I'm just going to play it like I do in practice and try and make the best score on every hole uh, possible and give us the ultimate insider's guide on the 17th uh, as it will be played here this the penultimate hole I mean it's a very penal very short par three isn't it but give us the 
the ultimate inside guide on it. Yes, so my opinion of it is it's weather dependent. I think if it's 120 yards and it's not much wind and it's just rained, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue for everyone. I think it'll be fine. However, uh, hopefully we do get some wind. And if it does start playing into wind and people start hitting eight times, knock down eight times, stuff like that, then it will get tricky and you will see an array of you know scores. You will see people make birdies, but you also, you also with the pressure obviously involved being the 70, 17th and the 71st hole of the Open, you will see people make mistakes. So... Um, I don't want to give you too much of an insight on what I'll do to play the hole or where I'll hit it because uh, I'll try and keep you, that to myself. Yeah, you're keeping keep the card. trade secrets. Yeah, I will. I will. Um, but uh, as you say, it's. I hope the hole becomes what it's supposed to do. Basically, I, I hope that it does create drama. I hope that it doesn't become ridiculous in any way. Obviously, um, which I don't, I, I'm sure that the club and the RNA they wouldn't let happen. Um, but I just hope that there's, there is the right amount of drama and that it is close enough that it becomes a feature of, of this Open and future Opens. And a final thought, the opportunity to go out very first on the Thursday morning, that can be an advantage as well, can't it? You, I mean, you've got the absolute best of the golf course. Yeah, I'll be checking the weather now. <laughs> We're hoping it's blowing a gale in the afternoon. Uh, yes, but I mean, the greens, I remember people in 14 when they came out here and said, uh, like the old greenkeeper talked about the greens and, and people on the green committee they said how good they were uh, so I do expect that and it would just be in pristine condition it would just be incredible to play um, well, so okay. yeah it'll be it'll be brilliant but I just hope that I can make the most of it there we are Matthew Jordan I, call, I, I, I queued into him saying Matt Jordan but uh, Matthew really let's go Matthew I've heard him called Matty as I well I know but that's a scousy thing scousy thing alright Matty <laughs> there'll be a lot of that this week that was a terrible accent I do apologise there'll be a lot of that for him for guys like Tommy Fleetwood whoever so there's going to be a lot of uh, oh, a lot of love out there from big big crowds last night I walked past the clubhouse and um, Matt Matty Matthew was standing outside the front there surrounded by members of the club and his family and he was holding court and it was it was a lovely scene it was you know this he's a good lad as well you could hear it in that oh he's a good lad no he is he's he's a a really really nice guy (laughs) out there and and always very helpful and um i really hope he goes well what an honor to hit the first tee shot and and he was saying to me you know that was as big a pressure as he's ever felt in golf getting through 36 holes of qualifying at West Langs. And and that's something that he can take with him in his career on the DP World Tour because he knows he can do it under the cosh when he wants it most. Yeah. Um, you, so your prediction, mine was Ricky Fowler on Monday when we did mm. our main pod. Have you changed your work? Were you Colin uh, Morikawa? No, I was, I was Cam. So Cam it was Eddie yeah. was Colin Morikawa. Yeah. So I, just, I was reading Colin Morikawa's uh, preview and I thought, hmm. Look out for this! Yeah. Look out for this guy because he didn't uh, play this. Just the way he was talking, uh, and obviously that doesn't give you the entire um, indicator all the time. But the way he was talking and the way he didn't play in the Scottish, he went and played various other courses around here. He was up at Birkdale. He was, I think, he, pl- he might have played West Langs Hillside. He was, he was around there playing a lot. I just yeah, he I started a, off at Walton Heath actually. I've got and that's he was right. Playing friends was, golf, yeah, friends golf. So I've got a feeling, but I'm still I, I can't. Steal yeah. Eddie's. I mean, I can because he's in Ibiza, larging it up. Yeah. So I probably could steal it, but I'm. Um, I just say look out for him. But I'm. I'm sticking with uh, Ricky Fowler. It's getting quite dark. It might. No. Might rain I'm, again. I'm. I'm. I'm switching. Are you? you I'm just. I'm making an official switch. Is that? A, I suppose there is loud yeah. before the championship. Yeah. I'm going Rory McIlroy. <laughs> Rory is going to win. <laughs> Rory is going to get his fifth major, his second claret jug. He will come in for his press conference. Are you just rolling things end. back because you feel bad about having a No, not at all. And 
I'm not going to the press conference. Oh, and oh, he'll learn a lesson there, and he'll say, "Well, I've, God, I've erred. I've been so wrong in my ways." Jazine hasn't turned up to the press conference. No, actually, I've just suddenly got this feeling in my water that it is going to happen. Well, it would be quite a story, wouldn't it? So there we go. All that to come over the next uh, four days, and we will be back next week to do a full review of the Open Championship, of course, with Eddie Pepperell. Um, God, do you remember 2018? Is it? I've just had a sort of flashback, a deja vu. We were standing by the putting green at Carnoustie doing uh, the cut. Former Life, the Cut podcast, yeah. and we were doing a preview, and Eddie Pepperell was with us, and he'd come through and qualified, and Ollie Wilson, and... Yeah. Just chatting, and then uh, we are Eddie stormed through for a sixth place finish. Played with Mickelson, I think. On the was it the final day? It was one of the days he played mm. with Mickelson. We've got to get those stories. We've got to get those. Sto- we we have got plenty of stories to get from him. But anyway, I, I just want to give a quick mention to a couple of things just before we go, because uh, Eddie said he felt bad because he didn't mention that he bought a putter on eBay. Yeah, um, that's how <laughs> things are going with Eddie. No, but he found this tailor-made putter that is very, very rare. Tailor-made. Truss something. Okay. Hmm, Liz Truss made it. So no, it's a tailor-made <laughs> Truss something. Uh, and so he found one on eBay. And I think, it hasn't been delivered yet, I think he's he's basically been scammed by a Chinese company oh, that has made duplicates of it. Anyway, so he's bought a putter on eBay. Uh, Bob McIntyre, 64, someone said we didn't give due reverence to Bob, 64. Wait, because we were talking about McElroy so yeah, much. I mean, we did, I suppose we didn't really, but we were talking about how well both of them played. But yeah, it, was, it was an astonishing round. It was a stunning round of golf and... Um, I actually listened to it on PGA Tour radio because I was driving down. Mm. And the guys on there are really, really good. And you just think, you could hear the wind howling. And I, I'm thinking, Bob must be really low here. And then I could sort of came in, put my app on uh, when I got to Hoy Lake and saw it was 64. I mean, that is just stunning. Yeah. And he could go well this week. I think he could, yeah. He could. I think he could, especially not almost not winning the Scottish Open. Yeah. Doing so well, it's just right, I'm there. And we can, he can tie up his Ryder Cup place. I'm this. changing it to Bob. I'm changing it to Ricky Feller. No, I'm sticking with Ricky Feller. Um, Niels, we mentioned some Niels. Yes. There aren't any Niels and Gotham. Neil Cheatham. Do you remember Neil Cheatham? Yeah. Kenny yeah. Reid, a friend of mine. Um, uh, Neil Lancaster was one of Neil Lancaster. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but there still aren't many. Yeah. We got some ni- really nice emails that have, that have come in. Yeah, we did. Uh, hang on. Oh, there is one. Hang on a second. There's one which says uh, something, something pleasant as we look around. We failed massively, by the way, in trying to get... Is that Brandon Grace? That's Brandon Grace. Brandon! I saw Billy Foster go by. Trouble is, again, when they're going from the club, they've had the breakfast in there. They're marching. They're off to work. They're off to work. So, um. We don't need to, you know. We don't need to. Um, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Someone, uh, Sebastian emailed in. Sebastian? Yes. There aren't many golfers called Sebastian. Um, the only golfer called Neil I could think of is Neil Shitakat from South Africa. Careful with that one. Shitakat. Yeah. Uh, he's just gone down the world rankings, isn't he? He's yeah, because he's 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 given a couple of results and he said he's ranked 559th in the world. He's gone to OWGR.com. Oh, oh, how did we miss the world number five five nine? And he's just he's just put in Niels. But there we go. Thank you. I like the fact that you're listening, Sebastian. Sebastian golfers. I can't think of many. Uh, I mean, Sebastian Corda. Seb. Seb, Sebastian. Right, I think it is uh, time to leave you there because we've uh, we promised you a shorter uh, chipping forecast and we've done that. Uh, who's coming out there? Who's coming out there? Caddy. Oh, Caddy, it's a caddy. Alex Norham was standing, but he was on the phone, wasn't he? Was he was filming something. Alex yeah. Norham was doing like an Insta Live of the short game area. I think we've come down the wrong end of the 
with a short game area. Anyway, listen, we're looking forward to it immensely. We will reconvene again next Monday with a full chipping forecast with Eddie Pepperell and his his imitation putter that breaks on first impact. <laughs> He'll be back from Ibiza, I think. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to the Open Championship. Doesn't get better than this. And discuss Rory's win. Discuss Rory's win as Ian storms out of the press conference. Mic drop. Bye-bye. Bye. And that completes this edition of The Chipping Forecast. Wishing you a safe and pleasant night. Folding Pocket